Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. We are one church that meets in various locations across Greater Manchester. For more information about who we are and where we meet, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. I've been um, reading a book recently, and it's called Remember. And it's about a guy um, who just thought we don't remember enough about God and we don't remember enough about what he's doing. And so he's building a, or he's trying to get permission, I don't know actually what stage it's up to. Um, he's trying to get a permission to bring a, build a monument of prayer, which will be a million books, um, a million bricks, not books. Goes soggy, wouldn't it? Um, <coughs> a million bricks built together. Each brick would have a prayer answered written on it uh, from across the UK. And the idea would that people would be going to this place to remember that God is alive and active. And that really set something off in me. You know, in Deuteronomy 6, you know, the, the Shema, where it's like, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And when he takes you into the place of milk and honey, remember him. It says, do not forget him, is what it says. And I just think, sometimes I am guilty of just forgetting God or forgetting the work that he's doing. So it's been a a really good provocation to me. Um, And what I'd like you to do, if I could kind of introduce this a little bit, um, I'd like you to talk to your neighbor, and I'm sorry if this is awkward, but just share one thing that God has answered, one prayer where you've prayed it and God has answered that prayer. It can be recent, it can be historic, it can be big, it can be small. Just share with each other. I would love it if a couple of people would be brave. And just to share one minute with the church about how God has answered a prayer. Is anyone up for that? Beginning of the month was just in an annoyed place with work. Everything was pretty rubbish. And I prayed that God would give me moments of joy in January. And right at the end of January, we just had a great customer, I went for a bank, customer interaction, which doesn't normally bring joy, but this time we were able to help them like expand their factory, get new machines, and we were walking around the factory, and it was just really joyful to Come be able on. to say yes to something. So good. Come on. One more, one more. Can we have one more? Go on. I'm making people feel awkward. I like it. We were talking about sort of situational changes where you, you, you're in situations and either you kind of um, had situations where we felt anxious about things and, and gone in and then have had really wonderful times and that, and that happens repeatedly um, and um, situations where the, the, the atmosphere around us feels quite toxic and then we've prepared about it and we're starting to see change in that as well so we've had sort of similar experiences of that. That's so good. That is so good. Thank you everyone for being bold and sharing. I love that. I love the fact, actually, you all got into conversation really quickly and you all started speaking. And, and hopefully that kind of practice of sharing, oh, this is what God has answered in my life, it encourages you to step back into the prayer room and go, okay, God's done it for them. Can he do it for me? Can he do it in this situation? Whether it's a, a thing of just needing joy in the moment or a thing of actually what, what's my future holding? What's the next step? The big things and the small things, God really cares. But we as a people need to remember the work that he is doing. Let's read the passage. So Matthew 9, and it's chapter, verses 35 through to 10, verse 1. So it says this, Jesus 
went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Come on. After that, I, I grew up in the sea of you, and I always want to say, this is the word of the Lord. <coughs> but, uh, thanks be to God. That's what I like. Come on. Someone else who is in that circle. So we're going to just go through this and look at what is it that we need to remember when we're thinking about prayer. So it's not just remembered answered prayer, but actually what is it we need to remember in order to drive ourselves to that place of enjoying and, and flourishing in prayer? And the first one is this, that you remember who you are praying to. Just remember who you're praying to. In this, Jesus says, pray or ask the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest means that the Lord is standing in all authority. He's standing in full control of all things. He is the one that everything else bows down to. He is the one, the God, the author of everything. He spoke it into motion. He is the one that we are praying to. He is the Lord of the harvest. And not the Lord who's far away, because this is a word that's talking about people bowing down and doing what he says and being obedient to it. The Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. He is that one that we're praying to. And we're, when, we, when we want to know more about what the Lord of the harvest is like, we can look to Jesus. We can look to what he was like. It says this in uh, Hebrews 1. <laughs> Hebrews 1 says that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Colossians 1 says the same thing. He is the image of the invisible God. John 14, Jesus is speaking, and he says, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So if you want to know what God is like, you can look to Jesus. And this passage begins with a word which is incredible. Jesus went throughout the villages and towns, healing every disease and sickness amongst them. You want to know what God is like? God is all-powerful over all things. Throughout the, the gospel, you get Jesus healing. You get him healing the physical body. I love the, the story of the leper. That's my favorite story in all of the Bible, where the leper, this disease that is impossible to heal in that day, and everyone is scared of lepers and won't go near them and won't... This guy comes towards Jesus, and what does Jesus do? He lays a hand on him. Jesus knew that the dirt wasn't going to come to him, but the goodness was going to flow through Jesus and heal him and bring physical healing. He is the Lord of the physical body. Not just the physical body, though, but the, the natural realm. What happens when he speaks to the wind and the waves? They obey him and everyone around him is mesmerized. The natural world obeys the Lord. He is the, the maker and the one who's in authority, not just the physical world, not just the physical body, but the mental, uh, mental world as well. Our, our minds, our thinking, he restores the way that we think. He changes the way that we think. He, he can heal our minds in the way that we think. Not just that, but our emotions. We just heard a testimony about joy. 
He can bring healing and restoration. He can bring joy where there is sadness. He can restore our emotions. He is the Lord of emotional life. Not just emotions, but spiritual. He heals the spiritual. Remember that story where there was a man with a hundred demons inside of him and Jesus cast them out to the pigs and the 2,000 pigs go off and drown in the stream. He is the Lord of the spiritual. And he talks about eternal life and bringing eternal life to all who believe. Not just that, but he's the Lord of death and life. He raises the dead, not just himself, but a number of other people in the scripture, Lazarus being one of them. He raises them from the dead. The last enemy has been defeated, death. He is the Lord of life and death. In, in, Roman, in Revelation, it talks about him. It talks about Jesus being the one who holds the keys to death and Hades. Often we give credit to the devil, but no, God holds the keys to death and Hades. He is in full control of all things, at all times, in all seasons. He is able to do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. He is able. But he's more than able. He is willing. He is willing to do. Sometimes the people would bring um, the sick to Jesus and he goes, if you're willing. Jesus goes, if I'm willing? Of course I am willing. And he heals the person. But not just that, the very presence of Jesus on earth would say he is a willing God. He is a God who is willing to enter into our situation. He's a God who is willing to hear it. He's a God who's willing to come in and answer. He's a willing God. He's an able God, but he's also a willing God. He wants to hear your prayers. He wants to answer. He is a compassionate, merciful Father. He loves it when we pray. He loves to answer. He's more than willing to come in and to fill and to save and to change. That's a great place to pray for him, isn't it? If we, if we rest in that place of knowing that's who he is, he's the Lord of the harvest. And what's the Lord of the harvest like? Well, he's in all authority over all things. Come on. That is a great place to start from. The next thing is this, and it's really, really simple. We need to remember to pray. Simple, isn't it? In this story, Jesus uh, is going about, and what does he do? He sees, he sees need, and he sees problems, and he, he, he's like compassionate towards them. The word compassion there is talking about like a, an inward kind of gut-level feeling of kind of groaning within him. He's, he's sorrowful from the innards of him. He, he's kind of like compassionate. He sees it, and there's this kind of groaning, oh, God, why? <laughs> like, oh, why is this the situation? Kind of, oh, and that groaning is what we have quite a lot. I do anyway. When I look around at the world around us, when we read the newspapers, I, I often have this groaning, with, oh God, why? <laughs> oh God, oh God, why? I don't know if you've got specific things that just drive your compassion and make you just, oh God. I, I, when I read the newspapers and I read about um, children suffering or children being abused, there's something within me that just goes, oh God, why? Oh God, help. Oh, God, change this situation. I was reading Pete Gregg's book, God on Mute, and he was talking about the, uh, the child sex um, industry in Cambodia. And I just couldn't finish the sentences on the page. It was, oh, God, what? Do you know that deep feeling of, God, why? But God will give each one of us those kind of passions and compassions that we look upon situations, and we're like, oh, God, why? 
And sometimes the temptation, sometimes the temptation is to say, well, I can't do anything about that. That's much too big a problem for me to resolve. And you're probably right. You know, in the physical, there's nothing we can do. But that's because we have this very materialistic worldview. Whereas actually, the, the response here is not, oh, go and do the physical thing. Okay, go and help out in that situation. Go and do this. The response from Jesus is here. Ask. Get on your knees and ask the Father. That should be our first point of call when, when that kind of gut-level feeling of sorrow, it's not kind of overwhelm and hopelessness, but it's, oh, God, you can break in. Remember, he's that Lord of the harvest. He can well up inside, and we can pray. And he calls on us to pray. I think last week you were praying, uh, preaching on the ask, seek, knock. You can ask, you can seek, you can knock. We need to be those people who are persevering in prayer, who know that it's not doing nothing to pray, but actually it's having a big impact. We have to get beyond our view that we're kind of taught that the material is everything. We have to know that there's heavenly realms and spiritual worlds. We have to know that there's this battle going on. It's not just what you can see that's real. We have to get beyond that point and know that we can go into a place of wrestling wrestling for the things on this earth, the big things of this earth. I was listening to a, a Pentecostal preacher. Who knows that um, Like every different type of church has something that God has just put inside of them. And the Pentecostal church generally has this kind of gift of kind of intercession and going deep in prayer. I don't know why that is, but I'm sure some people say it's because of the suffering that they've had in slavery and things that it birthed in that. And actually, that's led them to a place of deep prayer. I don't know if that's true. Uh, but I was listening to a guy called J.T. Thomas. And he was saying that, that they have prayer meetings where they just lie on the floor and they go, oh, God. You're not allowed to say anything else. It's like this inward groan. And they sort of a night long kind of, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And just calling out and repeating. And he said, actually, to begin with, it, be, it seems a little bit repetitive and a bit like, what are we doing? But then, actually, throughout the night, you get into this place of intimacy and wrestling with God. And not wrestling against God, but wrestling with God, co-laboring with him in the battle against the evils of this world. In prayer, we are co-laboring with God. And he, J.T. Thomas says that we are, we are hard-wired to wrestle. And it's our decision whether we put that all into the physical or whether we choose to go into the heavenly realms to wrestle. There's that invite to intercession for the big things of this world. And the first response that we should have is to pray. It is to pray. It's to get on our knees. It's to, to wrestle. Now, for most of you who've been Christians a little while, you've probably got things where you've tried to wrestle or you've tried to think and you've not quite seen God necessarily answer in the way that you'd have liked him to. I was listening to someone called Christine Kane. Uh, she runs something called Acts 21, which is... It's not Acts 21. No, it's A21. <laughs> it's A21, but I don't know what the A stands for. Acts 29 is different. A21 is an, uh, um, a modern-day slavery, so she's going out and freeing people. It's all over the world. It's fantastic. Anyway, she's also a great communicator and a great godly woman. And she was talking about Acts 12. 
Okay, that's where I got confused. Um, and in Acts 12, there's this story, and it's about the persecution of the church. And at the beginning of the story, James, one of the apostles, is killed by Herod. Just killed, straight off, stabbed, that's him done. And then straight after that, there's the story of Peter in prison, and an angel comes to him and frees him from prison and takes him, and then he goes and knocks on the prayer door, and, and everyone's like, what, you're physically free? Now, she was saying, and this is true, the same people were praying for the same people. One person died by the sword and another person got set free. Now, if the prayer meeting had given up on James and just thought, oh, sack, sack this, this is pointless, then maybe they wouldn't have seen the miracle of Peter going free as they pushed into prayer. We have to be people who can embrace pain when we're going through this we have to be people who, who go through the disappointments and still press on, actually, no, I know my Redeemer lives. I know that he's the Lord of the harvest. I know, even when I do not understand it, I can see that he is this God, and he wants to break in. And I might not have the answer as to why, but I need to be carrying on pressing in to prayer. He is the Lord of the harvest. And we have to deal with those disappointments. And we can do that in the prayer space. You don't have to be delicate with God. Throughout the Psalms, there's no delicateness. There's this rawness of God. God, come on. This wrestling inside. And you can take your pain and your disappointment instead of sitting on it. And if you take it to God and other people, and you take it to God in prayer together, there can be healing and restoration and you can move beyond to the next prayer thing, or to carry on praying for those things. We have to be a people who embrace the mystery of prayer. God is mysterious. It's not one plus one equals two with God. It's, it's like, okay, God, I'm on a, this journey, an adventure with you, and I will embrace the pain with the good things. Now, many of you might have really painful things that you carry, you know, and, and take comfort in this. When Jesus looks upon those things, he also has compassion. It says that at the beginning, he looks on it and he has compassion. And he knows that pain and he feels that pain. But he also wants you to keep on pressing in to the abundant things that God has for us. Don't give up in that place. Embrace the mystery of God and press in. And the final thing is this. We must remember to be obedient to his voice. So here, he tells his uh, followers to pray. And then at 10, one, he says, 10 verse 1, he says this, Jesus called his disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. my last point, what I don't want you to get is that there's nothing physical that we can do. That there's nothing that we can take action on. It's just our first priority is prayer, and from that can come action. From that can come a response to God. And we have to be those people who expect God to speak. Again, I mentioned Deuteronomy at the beginning. All the way through, it's hear this, hear this, hear this. God is a God who speaks to his people. 
He's not far off. He's here and he speaks and he loves to speak to us. He's the one that directs and leads. And maybe that thing that you think, oh, I can't do anything. Maybe in the prayer space he'll give you something to do. Just a practical little thing, something to step into, something to be obedient. Jesus loves it when we're obedient to him. He loves it when we step out in the things. He loves it when we walk, keeping in step with the Spirit. He loves it. He directs it. He guides us. He's that God who speaks into us and directs our paths. He's the one that has plans and purposes. And we're here on the earth to bring his kingdom in, to expect his kingdom to break out. And that will come from prayer, but it will also come from action. Prayer and action together. You get shaped in the prayer space in order to take action. God loves to direct our steps. But not only that, but he gives authority as well. He gives direction and authority. In this verse, he gives them authority to do all kinds of crazy things, to drive out impure spirits, to heal every disease, to heal every sickness. He gives authority He puts that within his people. He gives you the authority to step into situations and speak wisdom. He gives you authority to come and bring healing and restoration. He gives you authority to bring his kingdom into the world. He gives direction and authority. And as you keep in step with him, you'll see the power of God break out around you. You'll see his power breaking in whether that's praying for someone who's sick or literally just doing something like, oh, I need to get this job, I need to do this career, I need to do that, and you will see the kingdom of heaven break out. As we continue doing and praying and listening and being led, we're sheep who are led by the shepherd. The good shepherd leads us on. So they're my three things that I just think we need to remember these things. We need to remember who God is. We need to remember he's the Lord of the harvest in all authority. We need to remember to pray. We need to get on our knees and we need to pray for things. And we need to remember to follow his voice as he speaks to us in our prayer. Thanks for listening. To explore this sermon or learn more about our church, please navigate to the links provided in this podcast description. From there, you can connect with us on social media and you're welcome to check out the music links featured in this episode from our very own musicians. You can also discover current events and information about where we meet on Sundays and various groups or community projects that you can join in with. If you're interested in knowing more about us or wish to join us for one of our meetings, please reach out. Simply drop us an email at hello at ccm.org.uk. We look forward to connecting with you.